Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Unfucking Private Healthcare Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Daniel Tribby, and I'm the author of the upcoming book, which is what actually spawned this podcast. That book is called Unfucking Private Healthcare. It's a playbook on sales, marketing, and customer service. And as I continue to write this thing, and it's almost done here, this is the first week of June in 2020. I should be done with it by the end of the month, and hopefully it'll be uh, all over retail stores and online uh, by the end of July or, or August at the the latest. So, but I get a lot of questions about, you know, what's going to be in the book. And I know the title says it's sales, marketing, and customer service, but what's it actually going to be about? And so I wanted to uh, come to you this week on this podcast just to kind of talk a little bit about what goes into uh, writing a book that's about sales, marketing, and customer service, specifically as it relates to uh, to healthcare in the United States. Um, I believe that as a business, uh, healthcare as a whole is pretty damaged, and if it was a business uh, of any other sort, it would cease to exist, right? Based upon the customer service that you get, insurance companies, all those kinds of things. But it's not just when you're writing a book about this stuff. It's not just about how do you change your sales and marketing tactics and all this big jargon about you know different marketing. Um, strategies and this high-end stuff that you hear a lot of people talking about uh, that are marketers or fancy themselves as marketers because they have a marketing degree. This book breaks down your practice from a leadership standpoint, from a um, team standpoint, from a financial standpoint, uh, to your messaging, branding. We go into into a lot of things that really just help reshape the delivery of service as a whole. So sales and marketing and customer service are just kind of the broader scapes, but everything that that goes into that is is what really makes you stand out in the public's eye. It's the reason that people will drive past one doctor's office to come to yours. So um, I was going to share a little bit with you um, of the intro chapter just so you guys can get an idea of what is going to be covered in this book and some of the things that I think are super important when it comes to changing this industry. Um, And ultimately, the change of the industry is not just because um, I want to see doctor's offices be more profitable and, and be better business owners and that kind of thing. That's that's a, a, a probably a byproduct of what I want to do. My biggest goal here is to change the experience for the consumer. My why is that you know people need a better experience to go to the doctor's office. People need to feel important and not like a number on a page. And so that's the reason I do what I do. So let's um, let's let's start a little bit here, um, just kind of setting the stage of what this book is going to be about. So uh, imagine you are a patient and you're walking into a doctor's office. And usually that experience looks something like this. You walk in, uh, the sliding glass door uh, is closed in front of you uh, where somebody is sitting with a phone pinched between their ear and their shoulder. Uh, You check in or check in means writing your name down on a sheet of paper. And the person behind that glass may or may not even look up and acknowledge your presence. You go sit down because you assume that's what you're supposed to do. The glass door slides open when that person has time for you. They call you up uh, front and ask for your driver's driver's license and insurance card. And then they hand you either a clipboard full of paperwork or uh, hopefully they're up to times they're giving you an iPad. You go sit back down. You fill out your paperwork. You come back up. You turn it in. 
You sit out there. Usually you're waiting an hour past your appointment time to be seen. Uh, Somebody comes out from the back office, calls you back to a room where you sit for another 20 minutes waiting for the doctor who then comes in to spend five whole minutes with you. You get half your questions answered and you get handed a prescription and told to follow up in a few weeks. That is pretty much the broad spectrum. Um, you, You very rarely get an introduction from anybody who works there. Hi, my name is. Nice to see you today. Sorry for your wait. You know, you very rarely get that. You very rarely get consideration for you as a person. Um, you get very rare consideration for your time. Uh, I'd be surprised if you get eye contact made. And you usually have no idea what that practice actually has to offer you other than a medicine or some weird treatment plan. And, you know, doctor's offices as a whole are very bland when you walk in. They're boring. They have expired stacks of magazines. They have, um, you know, probably CNN or HGTV or something senseless on their their TV channels. And you just don't really get this welcoming feel, right? So, um, you know, maybe the doctor's office that you're in is the doctor there has been uh, voted top doc three years in a row or something in in his specific area. Well, lottie frickin' da. Little did you know is that top docs are voted by other doctors, not by consumers usually. So that's where that little tidbit comes into place. Even though it's a nice superlative to have, it means you're respected amongst your peers. It doesn't really mean you do a great job at being a doctor, right? So unfortunately, most patients' experience um, in private health care is junk. It, it, you just get this terrible type of customer service. And my response to it is let's stop the bullshit excuses. Let's put ourselves in the shoes of the consumers. What would you want your experience to look like and feel like at a healthcare office? Every other successful business out there, if it's an Apple, a General Motors, a pest control company, a bank, or or Southwest Airlines, I live in Orlando, so Southwest is big here. uh, They pride themselves on loyalty of their customers and the culture of their employees. So why shouldn't you as a healthcare provider or a healthcare office do the same? And how do you create those things? How do you create raving fans? How do you uh, put together marketing that brings people into your practice? Uh, How do you teach your team sales tactics that'll convert? And most importantly, how do you leave your patients with this lasting impression of positivity? And so that's what I want people to discover in this book. So I found that the majority of healthcare uh, practitioners are one skill away from truly being the best provider that they can be. And that skill usually has nothing to do with their medical profession. It has to do with learning some of the skills that I'm talking about in the book. Um, so um, if you if you are a healthcare practitioner, chances are you probably didn't go to business school or finance school or... Um, <clears throat> customer service school. You probably didn't get sales and marketing classes at a me- as a part of your medical training. And so most healthcare providers like myself are really good at being a provider in our niche. However, the education system failed to give us the extra pieces we need to run a successful business. Okay. So we need to start with an honest conversation about where our individual practices are at this point. And, you know, what are things like your online reviews? Do you have a power team in place? Do you have a vision and mission statement that your team rallies around? What's the culture like in your practice? Do you have adequate sales funnels in place? Does your marketing speak directly to the person you're trying to attract? When I mentioned sales, how many people think, what the hell is he talking about? I'm not in sales. 
And so I want to bring a key point out here is that everyone is in sales. It doesn't matter if you sell a product or a treatment plan to a, to a patient, you're in sales. And believe me, it is much harder to sell yourself and a treatment plan than a product. I'm not talking about the pushy, cheesy, used car salesman type of sales. I'm talking about how your lobby can sell for you, how your staff can sell for you, how call to actions actually work in healthcare. These are all topics I'll, I'm going to touch on inside the book. And most people don't even realize that their lobby is the perfect place to sell ancillary services to their patients. But they don't use it that way. If you have a service in your practice that can help change a, change the life of one of your prospective patients or current patients, it's your duty as a healthcare professional to sell that service to them. So after you read the book, um, I want you to understand why so much marketing in the healthcare industry does not draw people in. You'll understand how to create marketing on digital platforms like social media and your website, as well as hard marketing materials, mailers, letters to clients, uh, in-office signage that speaks to your ideal patient. But one of the biggest problems that I see when it comes to marketing is most healthcare practices talk about their expertise and why they are the best bet when it comes to choosing a physical therapist or a primary care doctor, neurologist, OB, whatever. But your ideal customer doesn't give a shit about what you do or how great you perceive yourself to be. They only care about how what you do is going to help them feel better or get back to playing golf or enjoying time with their kids. So think about that. I'm going to say that again. They only care about what, how, or excuse me, they only care about how what you do is going to help them feel better. Okay. So, and lastly, um, the customer service portion of this book, um, is huge because it's going to create the raving fans for your practice. We all know that one big source of marketing is people you have have previously helped and uh, who have decided to to be a source of referrals for you. So creating raving fans will be that thing that separates you from every practice in the immediate area or maybe that thing that separates you from the guy or gal down the block uh, that has the same specialty that you do. Uh, customer service has to begin with the culture of your team, though. The culture of your team starts with leadership within that practice. Are you hiring the right people? Are you hiring based upon personality? Or are you hiring best of, based upon expertise? Uh, do you understand the goals and aspirations of your team on a professional and personal level? Uh, establishing answers to those types of questions are going to help you build a team that will rally around a common mission and vision, which most healthcare practices don't have, um, that mission and vision is something that all your patients will grow to love. Um, you want those raving fans to be a source of sales and marketing for you and your practice, as I already mentioned. <clears throat> so, um, and then as we get through that sales, marketing, and those customer service, uh, as a bonus, I will touch briefly on finances in the book. And most of you are going to be like, well, why are we talking about money? Money has nothing to do with sales and marketing. Yeah, it does. Because the majority of healthcare offices have a 60 to 7% overhead. You're terrible money managers. Awful. And none of you went to money management school, okay? So I want to show you guys how to cut down your expenses, adjust your bank accounts. Yes, plural, accounts. You need to have more than one, more than two, more than three, more than four. I'll tell you why. And also create a source of income that pays for the taxes for your business so you're not looking at yourself come April going, oh, shit, how much money do we owe, okay? So we'll tie all this up <clears throat> together with a nice bow. Uh, with some strategic action plans that you can begin implementing immediately. And then <clears throat> um, 
all those things that you that you're going to discover in that book will start with identifying why you're in business okay so you cannot come up with adequate ways to sell uh, market provide adequate customer service if you're not centered around why your business exists okay so and i'll give you an example of this We've all decided to stop doing business with certain products, companies, services because of a bad customer service, right? A bad experience. So let me ask you this. Are you bold enough to think that because you're a healthcare practitioner, people won't do the same to you? Or is it that you don't care because people need healthcare after all? Okay, It's that type of thinking that's going to hold your practice back from ever truly being a place that people feel compassion. So what's your why? Why did you get into medicine? And please don't say because you wanted to make money or because you wanted to help people. Those are commodities. And if you don't dig deeper into why you became a healthcare practitioner, you're going to be like everyone else in town. Okay? So I think uh, one of my favorite stories that's part of this book uh, is Bad Customer Service in Healthcare. Uh, I was 20 years old. I was in college. Um, I was studying sports medicine because um, I wanted to do uh, basically be an athletic trainer and do rehab on athletes. And I'd been having some issues, uh, chronic stress. I ended up with pneumonia and some gut issues and heart palpitations and all this weird, crazy stuff um, that kind of stemmed from um, a, a – they happened after I had gotten food poisoning from the, the college cafeteria of all places. So at the beginning of it all, I went to my primary care doctor like most of us do. I go through the motions of blood work, EKGs, ECGs, cardiac stress tests, upper GIs, MRIs, all of it. And I was at my, my primary care uh, doctor's office when I first felt this lack of caring and compassion. I was greeted by that familiar sliding glass window that we talked about. Um, no introduction from that employee. Uh, I didn't really get the time of day when she asked for nothing more than my driver's license and insurance card. Uh, waited way past my appointment time uh, just to see the doctor and... When I did see him, his suggestion was that maybe I needed to cut some weight and I would feel better. <laughs> now, I was an athlete through high school. I worked out regularly four or five days a week. At that time, I was six foot two and I weighed about 205. So I was anything but out of shape. And so I was so just disgusted at what he at what he said to me that I offered to have him meet me at the gym later that day. And so and this is the type of customer service and just poor you know, direction that we get a lot of times from, from our doctors, right? So, you know, you don't realize that your patients are another source of marketing for you as a practitioner. You do a good job of connecting with people's feelings and what they're going through. They become advocates for the care that you provide. This is largely missed in your marketing, largely, okay? So if, we, if we're going to talk about marketing, let's talk about poor marketing for medical practices. So had my fair share of marketing consultants that have had zero experience in actually running a healthcare practice. They tend to focus on what we do and not who we are and who we want to attract. They offer the kind of business that drives me crazy. I call it, wouldn't you like to have 30 more leads a month? They went to college to learn marketing from an array of professors who they themselves have never owned a business, let alone a medical one. So tell me 
how is it that they can show you how to run a business if they themselves don't run one, particularly a medical one? So, and I'm sure many of you can relate to that. The problem is, again, how many of you went to learn how to market? We put our trust in someone who claims to be an expert to help us get our message out there, and then that message doesn't convert. We get frustrated. We want the next person who, again, can't convey the message, rinse and repeat, right? That's what we do. So I've had the opportunity to work with social media marketers that have used cat memes on our feeds. Like, what the hell? Are you kidding me? What does that have to do with inviting people into a conversation about their health? You would be astounded at the answer that I got. It went something like this. Well, you can't just put pictures of yourself and your business on social media feeds all day. People will tune you out. You have to mix it up. And you can sense my sarcasm in this because how many of you actually pay attention to those memes or better yet scroll past them on your feed? Those types of things don't speak to the person you're trying to attract. They only say, I don't have anything important to tell you today, so I'm going to add some fluff. You become boring and lumped into the category of another medical practice. So at that point, I decided to go into my own personal change. Um, My belief is that the way you've always done it is where innovation goes to die. So we have to constantly change our ways of thinking and our ways of dealing with people in order to continue to provide not only the best care, but the best atmosphere for people to feel good about doing business with us. So um, I've been a business owner for the last uh, six, seven years. Um, in early 2013, I'd been working for uh, one of the largest orthopedic practices in the Southeast in their physical rehab department. Um, I was getting frustrated at the, the quantity over quality type of mentality. We were expected to continue to treat high volumes of patients while being graded on customer service scores without consideration for the patient's outcome. So these customer service scores would have a direct influence on our yearly bonuses, right? So is any of this sounding familiar? The problem was that those bonuses were not based upon how great our scores were, but how much we could improve upon them during that given year, right? So in other words, the office that I worked in, uh, which was one of 22, um, we had the highest customer service scores in the company, right? But we were offered the lowest percentage of bonuses, What the hell, right? The office that had the lowest scores but made the most improvement on those scores got the highest percentage of bonus, right? So that means that an office that was running at 98% positive customer service scores like our own would not make the same bonus as an office that who had 75% positive customer service scores because they improved from 40% to 70 or 75%, right? So no matter how well I did, the feeling was always, well, this is great, and how, but how much more can you do, right? So this ultimately led me uh, into a feeling uh, that modern healthcare system was garbage. You know, looking back on it, I can see that this is where I first wanted to see changes made in the healthcare system. Um, and, and not just because I was an employee of that system, but because the consumers in that system deserved a better experience, you know? And again, another part of my why, consumers deserve a better experience. And so after I left that group, I decided that I need to explore different occupational opportunities that would allow me to grow as a person professionally and personally. So I started working for a small medical sales company and had some pretty early success, which led me to being a regional sales director for that company. Uh, began to realize that sales is something that is important in every industry. Um, selling a service product doesn't really matter. Products are simple, right? A, little, a lot easier than services, you know? So if you think that 
if, if you're thinking for one second that being a healthcare provider, you're not in sales, again, I mentioned this earlier, you're, you're misled. So people have to buy into the treatment plan and the things that you're, you're uh, suggesting that they do for their health, their body, their pain, whatever it may be. So that's a, that's a sales thing. That's a huge sales thing, okay? So the knowledge I gained from working in that medical sales injury, uh, excuse me, industry led me to uh, starting my own medical sales company. Um, I did surgical hardware, regenerative medicine products, um, and I had so much fun doing those things, working for myself. I swore I would never be the rehab guy again, and I was making more money than any rehab guy would ever make. You know, selling products and helping physicians get better products and that kind of thing. And so I was never going back to to being a provider of healthcare services. Yeah, never say never, right? So 2017 hit. And I had an opportunity to open a brand new practice that centered around natural healing through regenerative medicine, stem cell therapy, and physical rehab. Sounds like a home run, right? So one of the doctors I worked with uh, at a prior practice I mentioned earlier um, had some similar aspirations—excuse uh, me, similar aspirations and beliefs around how medicine could be delivered. So we packed up our shit, moved from Atlanta to Orlando to start this venture, and uh, I learned very quickly quickly what it meant to own a medical practice. And believe me, you don't know what you don't know. Uh, we struggle with finding the proper marketing, as I mentioned already, um, how to sell our services in this new market, how to find a, a power team, and most importantly, how to lead our team and develop a culture that would speak to our patients. So feeling that in-over-your-head sensation is quite sobering. And I'm sure many of you, if you own your own practice, can relate. So, and I knew that if this practice was going to survive, we were going to have to change a model that had been so ingrained in us from working in those larger practices. So I began going to seminars, reading books, studying social media, learning website content, attending leadership courses, plowing through customer service books and studying branding. And guess what? It began to pay off. We saw our, we saw our business double in revenue from year one to year two. People began to ask me, you know, how are you guys, have you been so successful so early? What is it that you're doing? And then thus the beginning of me putting this stuff on paper and deciding to share it with other offices. So let me assure you that I've made every mistake possible of running a healthcare business. I've made poor marketing decisions. I've been a bad leader. I've spent unnecessary money. I've served my clients at a level less than they deserve as well as my team. And it's the recognition of this that has made the difference. I know I'll never be perfect at everything, and nor will you, but the pursuit of that perfection is what inspires me to keep learning and keep sharing more. It's what inspires every good business owner out there is is what I believe. So in the chapters of the book, I'm going to share with you those things that I've learned um, in hopes that they will also help you become a better business owner, a better practitioner, a more reliable resource for your team, right? We dive deep into aspects like leadership, your mission, your vision, your why, customer service, sales and marketing, and a bunch of other tips and tricks that will transform the look and feel of your practice. And gone will be those days that your marketing sucks and your team just punches a clock for a paycheck, right? So, but here's the big thing. You have to be willing to have an honest discussion with yourself about the state of your practice and the state of your mindset, right? So this book, as I have mentioned in the title, is for private healthcare practices and how to improve their delivery, right? So this book is not going to be for hospital systems. Um, it's it's maybe difficult if you have... Um, you know, uh, uh, if you're a joint owner and you have an issue with 
you know, the other you're on board with one thing, the other owner's not. It's probably not going to be the greatest read for for you guys. Um, if you're not willing to accept the status quo and have a big dream for your practice, uh, big dreams and high expectations of yourself will give you the tenacity to build your practice. If you don't have big dreams, this book is going to be just another boring toilet read for you. Um, you got to be able to have those tough conversations about the topics in the book. If uh, the reality check hurts your feelings, well, self-reflection is the only thing that propels you forward. Okay, and then lastly, your work ethic has to be there. You know, um, if if any of you've read Grant Cardone's Ten X Rule book, then you know what I'm talking about. After all, you know what good is money spent if you're not going to implement, right? So, you've got to be willing to um, buy this book and and use that. Uh, financial investment in the book and really use these tools to uh, to make a difference. And then lastly, and, and this is a shame I have to say it, but um, if you're a shady ass medical provider that doesn't have good uh, ethics and does illegal shit, then this book ain't for you. Don't even buy it. I don't want your money. So um, I also want to address who the book is not for. Okay, The book is not for hospital systems and large corporate medical entities who solely focus on productivity over customer service and staff satisfaction. Like, If you have a history of collecting knowledge and neglecting the action part, this book is probably not for you either. And if you're in a business partnership, I mentioned this a minute ago, um, and you're all in but your partner tends to be negative Nancy, this probably isn't for you. Okay, my desire is to work with small businesses because myself is a I am a small business owner, and I want to help you succeed as a small business owner. I believe firmly in personal development, grit, tenacity, uh, are qualities of people who succeed in building a practice that they dream about. And uh, if that's you, then great, this book will definitely be for you. So, um, so yeah, that's pretty much the overview um, of the book. Um, I know the title suggests it's just sales and marketing and customer service, but there's so much that goes into that. And you guys heard me mention a bunch of those items today. So again, I will be finished with this book at the end of June of this year, and uh, hopefully it'll be out um, late July or August at the latest. So I thank you guys for tuning in to this today. I hope this gives some clarity on the book and and kind of the content that's going to be in it. A little bit of my personality that's in there as well. Um, I definitely want this to be a little more in your face and less, you know, I can generate leads for you. Wouldn't that be nice? That's just not who I am. So, and if the title of the book offends you, guess what? It's probably not for you either. So anyway, um, I hope this was uh, valuable in setting a tone for what the book is going to be about. Um, please share this podcast across platforms. If you believe in what I'm saying, and if you don't do it anyway, um, again, my name is Daniel Tribby, and thank you for joining me today. Um, I hope all of you will buy a copy of the book and it does some, some change in the world because private healthcare definitely means it. Take care, stay safe, stay healthy, and I'll be at you next week. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm.